I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And thank you so much for tuning into one of my favorite guilty pleasures, which is The Bachelor and all the Bachelor adjacent shows. And it's funny, I've been hearing from a lot of you all that you have started watching The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise because of me and these episodes. So if that's you, I would love to hear more about that. So send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant and come tell me if you've been watching The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise, do you watch it in a new way now? Or if you've never watched it before, have you started watching it? Or are you listening to these episodes and still have never watched the shows, but you just like learning about what I have to say about it? I would love to know. So again, come let me know over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. All right, we're going to cover a few situationships like we did in the past two episodes, and then we're going to get into some patriarchy roses, and then we're going to talk about some moments that I'm here for. So let's get started with the triangle Demi, Derek, and Christian. So Demi and Derek have had this thing for the past few weeks. We haven't really talked too much about them yet because we kind of got teased about what was coming down the line. And that is she has a girlfriend back from home. And I think Demi and Derek are super sweet. I think that Derek... I mean, he handled this breakup like a champ, but even before the breakup, I always just thought he was really sweet. I think he's really mature. I think he's really good at communication and expressing how he feels. I think he's very patient. I think he gave Demi a lot of grace, even when she had mentioned that there was someone else at home. I think a lot of other people would have been like, well, forget that, screw that. I want to find someone who's focused on me. And he gave her the patience and the space to figure that out. And I think that's really great of him. 
I don't think he necessarily had to do those things, but he did. And I'm here for it. I really, I really like him. Demi is an interesting character because on her season of The Bachelor, or when she was on The Bachelor, she was on Colton's season. And she was kind of the villain. She kind of would get under people's skin. And she kind of knew what she was doing. And she would, you know, twist her knife around. And she was a lot to handle. And I know she made some really good friends on the show. And I know she also made some really good enemies on the show. And obviously, eventually, she wasn't Colton's person. And he sent her home. But, you know, people liked her because she was good television. I kind of thought, whatever. I mean, I don't always really like the villains just because even if it's good television, I don't know, maybe I'm a romantic at heart, but I just like the people who I think might win because they're just there for the right reasons, right? But maybe that's the sappy part in me. Anyways, I really liked Demi on Bachelor in Paradise. I thought that she was acting, I I just thought she was really mature. I thought she was being really communicative. She's pretty young. I think she's only 24. And I think she was just being really honest and upfront with her feelings and how she felt with Derek. And also when she would be supporting her other friends or talking to other people, I think that she was also just, um, you know, a breath of fresh air when it comes to worthiness and confidence. And so I'm really glad that the women on the beach have someone like her have a friend like her that's there. So from the beginning of the season, really even before the season started, we started getting teasers that there was going to be a same-sex relationship um, on on the show. We didn't know who this person was. We weren't sure if it was going to be someone else on the show. I kind of thought it was for a while. And then I guess I just don't really read that much Reality Steve because I don't want to read spoilers. But then it just became known that, no, this was someone else. This was someone that um, is from Demi's past. And they have pictures together as early as March. And they've been dating and it's very unclear as to whether or not how serious they were, if it was an open relationship. You know, Demi first, at first, you know, she met Derek, they started talking or spending time together, you know, whatever the lingo is on Bachelor in Paradise. And then they started to develop more feelings for each other. And I think that's when Demi started to kind of freak out because she was like, oh, man, I've got this other person here, this other relationship, and I'm not really sure what's going on. And I was just here to explore. I didn't mean to catch feelings with someone. And I think that's what happened. And so she finally shares with Derek that there's someone else and he is totally okay with it. He says, I want you in my life and I'm going to keep fighting for you. And then she kind of comes back again and is like, well, maybe it's a little more serious than I had let on before. And again, he says the same thing. He says, that's okay. I'm here for you. I really want to get to know you. I want you in my life. I can really see this going somewhere. And then all of a sudden, we see Demi talking to Chris Harrison, who is the host of the show, if you don't watch the show. And he's talking to her. And then within you know, within a few minutes on bachelor time, but really in that time frame, probably within that day or maybe the next day, then Christian shows up in paradise on the beach. She is Demi's girlfriend from back home and she has no ties to Bachelor Nation. She's never been a contestant on any of the shows before. So this is not necessarily new that they bring someone from someone's home or their home relationship to the show, either to like confess their love or whatever. I mean, this is definitely not new. This has happened before. But what's new is that now she is going to stay and they're going to continue their relationship. So I have a lot of complicated thoughts around this. The first thing is, one, I'm really happy that 
the Bachelor franchise has finally moved out of such a heteronormative space and that they are showing a same-sex couple on a huge platform on a really popular television show. And I think that does a, I think it does a lot for the LGBT community. And I mean, I'm not part of that community, but I can only imagine that to have people on the camera or on the TV that are like you or whatever, I think that can be really validating and can help you to feel less alone and can help people to come out of the closet. And also I think it can normalize people for people who are straight and maybe have some homophobic tendencies or just uncomfortable with it or unfamiliar, or maybe don't see it as like a quote unquote real relationship. Because I think when you see Christian and Demi together, they are just so in love. They're so into each other. You know, a lot of times when you're watching Bachelor dates that it's kind of awkward and they're like, oh, I guess we're just going to follow this Bachelor script of like telling my sob story, telling the other person like what I want in a marriage and whatever, and then kiss and then get a rose. And that's basically the formula for all the dates. And in in Demi and Christian's date, it was, I think it was a much more real conversation. I think it was a much more passionate time that we saw between them. And again, that's just like totally different. It's totally outside of the construct of Bachelor episodes and or Bachelor shows. And I really appreciated it. And I was really here for that. There's a couple of things that I'm not so crazy about. One, I'm really confused as to why Christian is staying. Um, because again, Christian isn't part of Bachelor Nation. She hasn't been on the other shows. And so I'm just a little confused unless they just, well, actually, no, I'm not confused. I have an idea and I'll, and I'll tell you what I think might happen and why she's staying. But I just think it's just a little it's just a little weird. It's just like, I don't really know you. You weren't on another Bachelor show. And I'm really happy that you all have found each other. I'm really happy that Demi has come around and got the clarity that she needed. But it just seems a little weird to keep them both around. And I definitely feel sorry for Derek because Derek was completely heartbroken. And he was willing to give Demi the space that he needed. But I think on some level, he was misled a little bit because he wasn't aware of the seriousness of their relationship and Demi's feelings for her. So it kind of sucks for him that now she's going to be pursuing this other relationship on the beach and he has to either just decide he's going to leave because he doesn't want to be around it or he's going to find other women to pursue or whatever. And another reason why I'm really glad that um, a same-sex couple came out of Bachelor in Paradise is because it's really one of only two ways that I think that it can happen within the Bachelor franchise. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, what about having fluid um, cast members in regular shows or the, like the regular Bachelor or Bachelorette? And I just think that would be a different show because there wouldn't be a lead that everyone was vying for. It could be a situation where everyone was dating each other or hooking up with each other, and that would just be a totally different show. And the only time I know of where two contestants actually fell in love with each other was actually Bachelor Vietnam, where the two final women in the show actually realized and declared love for each other and both broke up with The Bachelor, who is the lead. And as far as I know, they're still together. It's actually an interview, another podcast called Here to Make Friends, where you can hear the producers. I don't think it's the actual contestants, but the producers of the show talking about it because that was a really big deal there in Vietnam. And nothing like that has happened in the US. And as far as I can tell, I think that would be the only other way that there would be any introduction into the LGBTQ, 
LGBT community. And so for it to happen on Bachelor in Paradise, that's definitely the place. And so I'm glad that The Bachelor is providing that platform and for this conversation, and really more than anything, just to normalize it. Um, however, one thing, another thing that I don't really like is I don't really like how Derek kind of caught, caught up in the middle. I think this whole thing was planned and produced. I think that Chris Harrison was not being a very good actor when Demi came up and told him that she had this girlfriend at home and she was still thinking about her and she was really confused and she couldn't get her out of her head. And, you know, Chris was like, well, thank you for telling me that. And, you know, he was, it was all acting. He already knew this had already been a conversation. And I don't know how far in advance this was planned, but I think that this was definitely planned before anyone got to paradise that Demi was going to have a girlfriend back home and that she was going to explore herself and explore her options on the beach to see what she really wanted and what really fit with her. And um, so yeah, I just think the whole thing was planned and which which just takes a little bit. It's just a little bit frustrating because obviously we know that The Bachelor is produced, but they kind of tout themselves as saying, but it's, I guess this is frustrating for me because we know that The Bachelor is produced and we know that the producers are putting bugs in the contestants' ears to make them do things or believe things or whatever. However, it's usually not so pre-planned like this. And so it just feels a little bit I don't know. I just I just don't like that part in it. The only thing that I think was not planned is I don't think there was any plan for Demi to actually develop such serious feelings that she did for Derek. And so I think that threw her off. And I think that was probably the root of some of the tears and anxiety that we saw her have. I think that part was real. And I think she was just planning to come on the show and um, have fun and you know, have enough of a connection with someone to get a rose when she needed to get a rose. But I don't think she was planning to actually meet someone that she did have feelings for. And so I just feel really sorry for Derek, that he was getting more and more involved with her. And Demi knew and the producers knew what was going to happen. And sometimes that just kind of sucks when you're on the show, you are just in the producer's crosshairs. And sometimes you just end up getting screwed. And by the way, I have not listened to this interview yet. But there is a fascinating interview that I will be listening to on This American Life. And they interview Colton. And one thing that he reveals is that you tell the producers and this is on The Bachelor. So when there's like, one guy and then 25 women or however many women. And so at the end of every week, you share with the producers who your top people are. So you rank them. And then from there, they create the date cards and everything like that. And so they want to create drama and tension. So if there's someone that you're not that crazy about, then they're always going to put you on a one-on-one date with that person at some point because they need at least one person to be kicked out of a one-on-one date or whatever and not get a rose. And so one thing that Colton said he was doing, which I'm really surprised he was allowed to say this because I know they do have to sign NDAs. Anyways, one thing that he said is he said that Cassie was always his number one, but he was not telling the producers that. He was he was always telling that Cassie 
he was always telling the producers that Cassie was number five or six and that Hannah G was his number one. And so that's why Hannah G was so shocked at the end when she got sent home. And that's why the producers were just totally left unguarded and were shocked when he was so upset that Cassie left because they didn't think that he was that into him. And that also fed into um, Hannah G being fed a bunch of bugs <laughs> by the producer saying, oh yeah, he's really into you. He thinks you're number one and everything. And so, and, and so anyways, my point is, is that Producing definitely happens and we know that it happens, but it just sucks to be in the crosshairs of production just for the sake of good TV. I know I went a little bit on a tangent on that with Colton, but I just thought it was a fascinating little tidbit that I heard on a podcast and you better believe I will be listening to that episode of This American Life. Anyways, so I don't really have too much to say about Derek, Demi and Christian in terms of like, what can we learn from it? you know, in terms of our own relationships. I just think that it was unfortunate for Derek. I think it's a little frustrating that it's so highly produced by production. But I do think that it's a beautiful story between Demi and Christian. I think it's so obvious when you see each other. I mean, how can your heart not just be fluttering and full of love? Because they are just so, so into each other. And I think that it's so obvious. I don't really know Christian that well, obviously, because we've only seen her just for a few minutes on this episode. But from what I can tell, it does seem like their personalities balance each other out a lot. And I just love it. And, you know, I am interested to see how their relationship progresses. But it's again, it's a little weird. because I'm like, this is weird that they're staying here on Paradise. Oh, and this is my theory. This is why I think they're staying on Paradise. I think that Bachelor in Paradise really wants to have a same-sex engagement at the end of this. And so I think that's why they're saying, I think maybe they know that they're going to get engaged or that's part of the plan or whatever it is. But I think that Bachelor in Paradise really wants that. That's a ton of news media, even from outlets that don't normally cover reality TV shows and stuff like that. So I think it's just a huge opportunity for them. And I think they just want to milk it. So I think that's just really, I guess, my problem with this whole thing um, is that it's just so clearly produced and so clear that you know, Bachelor, the Bachelor franchise just wants to get what they can from this relationship and whatnot. Anyways, moving on to the next situationship. And the next situationship I'm going to talk about is Katie, Chris, and Jen. So this relationship makes me feel so, so sad. I felt so sorry for Katie. So let me just give you a quick little rundown. Katie and Chris have been talking and honestly, they're not like the quote unquote superstars on Bachelor in Paradise. So they haven't been getting a ton of camera time. So I don't really know much about their relationship. And it was really hard to know before this week of episodes, whether or not they were really into each other, or if they were just kind of hanging out by default, and they just needed to couple up in order to give each other roses to keep staying on the beach or whatever. That's honestly what I kind of thought. But then after this week, I was clearly wrong. And we just didn't get a lot of camera time, but this week it got more camera time. And basically what had happened is they were actually really into each other. And Chris had a conversation with Katie around, well, if more women come today, like, what do you think? Like, would you be upset if I went on a date? And by the way, I don't write these words down verbatim, so I'm not getting it exactly right word by word, but essentially this is what the conversation was. And Katie was just like, well, I just want you to do whatever makes you happy. And so if going on a date makes you happy, then that's what I want you to do. And Chris is 
very upset by this. And he actually gives Katie the opportunity to kind of backtrack. He says, really? Is that really what you want? Are you okay with that? And Katie was just like, yeah, 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 totally. She was totally playing it cool. And this made me really sad because, well, I guess it didn't make me sad in that moment. However, Chris was pretty upset by this. He was hurt. He wanted her to want him, basically. It's like that song, right? He wanted her to want him. And she kind of seemed nonchalant about it. And then, of course, Jen walks in. Now, I don't know Jen. I didn't watch Ben's season. On when he was The Bachelor. I went through a period of time where I didn't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Like I watched the very early shows up until about 2010 or 11 or so, I think. And then I took a break and then I started watching again in 2017, I believe. Maybe it was 16, but I think maybe 2017. So Ben was during that pocket of time. So I don't really know Jen. I don't really know Ben that well. But she is well liked and she's very popular and she came down onto the beach and she talked to a few of the guys and she eventually asked Chris out on the date and he said yes. And Katie is destroyed. She is crying. She is deeply regretting. And she has the awareness to know that she created this, that she was using her own defense mechanisms and she essentially self-sabotaged and was trying to act all cool about it. And then lo and behold, Chris goes on this date with Jen. And she's hoping that, well, he'll just be reminded of how amazing I am and how awesome I am. Meanwhile, the camera is cutting to Chris where he's like, no, I kind of want someone who knows what they want. And they pick me and we're not just together by default. So we know she self-sabotaged and that's pretty obvious, but I think there are a couple other things at play that I want to highlight here. So when I was dating, I created a belief that men wanted women to be chill, wanted them to play it cool. They didn't want women that were needy or didn't want women that would inconvenience them and that they would be fine hanging out with his buddies while they were watching football or just doing whatever or just keeping it chill, keeping it real or whatever. I really believed that. I really thought that the more chill I could be and the more nonchalant I could act, then that would be attractive to a guy and they would be more likely to want to date me and then they would eventually pick me and that would, you know, fill that void of wanting to be chosen, of wanting to be picked. Now, I don't know if this is exactly what Katie was doing. She didn't have that awareness. She was sharing that it was more more of a defense mechanism. However, I have seen this behavior a lot among my community and my clients. And so I just want to highlight this, that pretending to be chill and like you don't care will make potential partners think that you don't care about them. And for people who want what you want, they want to feel cared for. They want to feel taken care of. And so if you are playing it cool, playing it chill, and if it's someone who is emotionally available and wants a potential relationship, that's not going to feel good. And I think that you're ultimately going to be disappointed because you're not going to get what you want and they're not going to get what they want either. And sure, it might feel like a defense mechanism to have this wall around you, to have this chill vibe around you, but that defense mechanism is totally an illusion. I think you're actually way more likely to get hurt by not being high maintenance women, by not saying what you want. Now, obviously, hindsight's 2020. It's very obvious that Katie shot herself in the foot and is 
basically she said it, I think, in the show, she made her own bed, so now she has to lie in it. But I just want to also highlight that it's an illusion to think that having all these defense mechanisms and playing it cool protects you because you still get hurt. I want to emphasize, you still get hurt. So you might as well just say what you want or ask for what you want or say how you feel because you still might get hurt because they still might not want what you want. They still might not emotionally be there or feeling the same way you are. But you're also setting yourself up for potentially getting exactly what you want. And so if you're going to, if there's a potential to get hurt either way, you might as well do the thing that's most likely going to give you what you want, which is to say it, to say what you want. And also when you do what Katie did, which is to play it cool or to act chill, is you end up creating more stories in your head that no one chooses you, no one wants you. And I think that actually creates a lot more pain than actually going for what you want, maybe being rejected, but at least putting it all out there versus creating the stories around, oh, poor me, no one likes me, no one picks me. So if you want someone to choose you, I believe you have to choose yourself first. You have to go after what you freaking want. Okay, the next two situationships are relatively quick. I think there might be some more stuff coming down the pipeline. I just want to point out, we've talked a lot about Dylan, Blake, and Hannah, that triangle. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, then listen to bonus episodes one and two. I talk a lot more about those situationships, especially in episode two. I talk about this specific love triangle. So I'm not going to go too far into it. There wasn't too much to say, except that at the beginning of night one, we saw Hannah give a rose to Dylan and I just want to call it out. I was wrong. I thought that Hannah would go for Blake because that was going to trigger some of her core wounds. I also want to say I don't buy it. (laughs) I know Hannah picked Dylan. I know Hannah gave Dylan the rose, but I just don't buy it. I think there's going to be more drama down the road. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's going to involve Blake or someone else who shows up on the beach but I'm just not convinced it's all over. If you look at their body language, Hannah is just not as into Dylan as he is into her. He even said on the date they had together that he was falling in love with her and she just kind of smiled and said, I'm there for it or I'm in or something like that and she didn't really say it back. I just think that there is still something off. I don't buy it. And again, I'm not going to talk too much about Dylan because we talked about him in last week's episode when I had my friend Emily join me. But also, I'm just going to emphasize that Dylan is a stage five clinger, and I think it's going to catch up with him. And I think that it's totally fine. And actually, I encourage and support to share how you're feeling and to ask for what you want. And he did all of those things. I just think like everything, there's it's not black and white. There's definitely a gray area. And I just think he's crossed the line a little bit into being really clingy and needy. And I've dated a guy like that before, and it's a huge turnoff. And maybe Hannah really likes it, and maybe I'm totally wrong, and I'm just, I'll eat my words in a few weeks once we find out how this all shakes out. But I'm just calling it here and now that I just think there's something else up. And even if they keep dating throughout the rest of Paradise, I just don't see them lasting beyond this summer. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I love love, but I just don't see it. Okay, the final situationship I'm going to talk about is Christina. Now, I think there's going to be a lot more drama with her next week. And so we will get into her. 
more, I think. But I just want to say for right now that Christina is in denial of her feelings. There are a lot of things that can happen when you deny your emotions. Sometimes you can just numb out and kind of fall into depression because you're just suppressing all of your emotions. And sometimes you can just kind of lash out and get really defensive and get really overbearing or overprotective. And I think this is what Christina is doing. She has referred to Blake as her friend a number of times. In the very first episode, when she was upset about Blake sleeping with Kaylin the next night, she said, this isn't what friends do to each other. But then I'm like, okay, if you're friends and you're having sex, there should be, that's fine, but you just need to have communication around it. But if you want it to be more than friends, again, you need to have communication around it. And then she gave Blake her rose this past week as a friendship rose. And she even said, welcome to your hell or something like that. She gave him the rose because she wanted him to suffer and watch Dylan and Hannah progress their relationship. And again, I just don't really buy it. I don't think that's what she was after. I think that she likes him and she is trying to campaign for his quote unquote friendship rose, but it is definitely more than friends there. Now, I think Blake has no idea, so he might get himself into trouble next week as we see this drama between Caitlin and Christina play out. I don't know, but I also, as much as I'm not a fan of Blake, and I think he says some shitty things and does some shitty things, I don't think that Blake is necessarily going to be in the wrong, depending on how it plays out, because Christina has not been forthcoming in how she really feels. Friendship roses and Bachelor in Paradise, I mean, I think it's definitely a thing sometimes, but you don't like vie for it. Like, like she is campaigning for this rose from Blake. And I think it's not about friendship. It's about something more. And she's in denial. Again, I think I'll probably have a lot more to say about it next week after we see how it all plays out. They alluded to some stuff coming up and we'll see. And maybe I'll have more to say about it or maybe there will be other situationships to talk about. All right, so not too many patriarchy roses to hand out uh, this week, but I am going to give a patriarchy rose to Christina. So congratulations, Christina. I think this is your second patriarchy rose. Hope that's as good as your friendship rose. And I just am giving her a patriarchy rose because she just really falls into this belief and this idea of pitting women against each other in order to get a man or to get what you need and want. And this is something that I think patriarchal systems in our society have done where we pinned women against each other and believing that women are the common enemy to getting love, getting success, getting validation, getting all of those things. And it's just old. It's just, I'm not interested. It kind of makes me mad. I don't really love Christina. I liked her when she was on Nick's season. I felt bad for her when she was on the first round of Bachelor in Paradise, that old drama she got sucked into. But I don't know if she's just overconfident or if she's still really hurt from some of the stuff that happened to her before or what. But I'm just not really a fan of how she's treating the other women here. And I think it's very obvious the other women don't like her. And I think she is just trying to create enemies in order to get what she wants. And I don't necessarily blame her um, because that's kind of how society teaches women to behave with other friends. I mean, gosh, I'm not even going to talk about Kate and Megan, but I just feel like the news media has tried to peg Kate and Megan against each other because that's just what's supposed to happen. Like smart, successful, beautiful women can't possibly be friends, right? Of course they can. It's the patriarchy that says they can't. 
Okay, another patriarchy rose goes to Kevin. So congratulations, Kevin. I think that is also your second, maybe even third patriarchy rose and you're only on three episodes. So Kevin is just so freaking full of himself. It's not even freaking funny. And during one of his interviews with the producers, he was talking about how Sydney should obviously give him the rose. Like, why would he or why would Sydney give the rose to Mike over him? And he's just like, totally flabbergasted as to why she would do that. And he said, yeah, I mean, I would give her my rose or maybe I'd give it to Christina or Kaylin. So basically he's saying, why wouldn't Sydney give her rose to me? I mean, I would give it to her, but I've got options too. And so that just plays into this whole idea that women have to basically like kind of worship and bow down and do everything for the man, whereas the man can kind of just be uh, selfish and just do what they want to do and have sex with many people as they want to have sex with. And just there's no rules. There's no code or morals that they have to live by. And I'm not here for it. And so Kevin gets a patriarchy rose. So some moments I am here for. I love the show is breaking out of the heteronormative norms. I love that Demi has found love. I love that this relationship just feels so real, feels so passionate. You can tell their love for each other and they deeply care about each other. I love it. I'm here for it. And whether or not I'm here for them staying the rest of the season, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. But I'm definitely here for the relationship. I am also here for all things Tasha and John Paul Jones, JPJ. They are just so cute together, so giggly together. I can, when I was watching that interaction between them, I could just see myself in Tasha because like I've been in the kind of like those flirty, awkward situations before and it's super fun and I love it. And so I loved watching that and I was very sad to see the previews come up for next week. I don't like that at all. So Uh, I'm getting stressed already thinking about it, but I won't think too much about it. And I really am also for Nicole singing to Clay and him pretending to like it and being so freaking awkward about it. Like that was just, I mean, Nicole obviously has a great voice. This whole scene situation was so awkward. Clay was being so sweet. And so I'm here for it. And the final moment that I'm here for is I loved Dean learning his lesson and not getting wrapped up in another person. But he also tricked Kalen before that. So a little bit of backstory. Dean was on Bachelor in Paradise two summers ago, and he was in a really bad back and forth love triangle between Dean, Christina, who I just talked about, and this other woman. I can't remember her name right now. I think it was like Daniela or something like that. Danny, maybe. And he was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, Christina got really hurt. And Dean looked really, really, really bad in Bachelor Nation. And so he came, he met Kaylin this year, he really likes her. And he got asked out on a date. And he said no. But he asked Kaylin if they could chat first, making it think making But he asked Kaylin if they could chat first, making her think that he was going to go on the date and he would have talked to her about it. And he was just totally kidding. And it was so cute. She was so relieved. They're just giggly about it. And again, I'm totally here for it. I love it. All right, my dears, that is all I have for you for this week of a Bachelor in Paradise recap. I will be back next week with another recap episode. I am really excited about how this season is going to continue to unfold. I think it's going to be a really good one. I am glad that Bachelor in Paradise is making some bold statements. I am glad that 
They have some really good cast of characters. I'm not so glad about all the producing. I mean, yes, with Demi and Christian, which I've talked a lot about, but also it just seems that all the producers knew Blake's love life and pretty much just had everyone who had hooked up with him in the past come onto the show, which I don't know, it just feels a little produced. It feels a little annoying. I don't want all this Blake. I don't want all this drama to be about Blake because honestly, I find him a little annoying, but it is what it is. I'm still going to love it and I'm still here for it. So I will see you this Thursday with a brand new regular episode on the Love Life Connection podcast. It is a coaching episode all about self-love. And then next Saturday, I will see you again for another bonus episode of Bachelor in Paradise recapping. And again, I want to know how you're liking these episodes, if you started watching The Bachelor because of these episodes, if you watch The Bachelor in a different way, or if you listen to these episodes and don't even watch The Bachelor, please come let me know. Come send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant or reply to any one of my emails for my newsletters. I would love to hear. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.